We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Hello. I'm still enjoying the new microphone. I think I might be uh, radio announcing it up even more to um, enjoy it more. I don't know what that means. Okay, so uh, what's been going on? So much has been going on. Um, so uh, before I get to the music, there's one idea that I have that I just will not work over music. So uh, let's get to that first. Um, I, I think it was in the shower. Probably. Why not? Who cares? Uh, I had this idea of... God, it's got to be hard to be the leader of a country's like brother or sister, because what could you possibly do that is as impressive as running a country, right? I mean, that just seems the pinnacle of everything. And I don't care how much of an underachiever you are. You know, to see the world or at least your country praising your brother or sister every single moment has got to drive you crazy. And so the classic version of that is Hitler, right? Like there was never a, a dictator or leader of anything that was praised as constantly as, I mean, the dude walked into a room and people said, Heil Hitler. My goodness, right? Like, that is... Can you imagine just walking into any room and everybody just being like, praise you, praise you, praise you. And it's just like, thank you, all right. Although you could tell after a while, Hitler was kind of not so hot on it. I mean, like, you know, you know, when he was a painter, he thought this was a good idea. But you could tell later on that he would do sort of the lazy Heil. Like, oh, right. Like, people praising me everywhere I go is kind of getting old. I'll just do, you know, because they, when they, when they have the full, you know, Stormtroopers guard goose step, you know, it is full on Heil, you know, straight armed, straight legged Heil. And then you see Hitler do it, and he's just sort of like, like it's all like it's a wave almost. Like, you know, there's a there's even the the uh, Queen of the Rose Parade did a better Heil than Hitler did, because he's just like, oh, yeah, all right. You know, it would be like anybody, any celebrity, and and getting tons of fanboys. Uh, coming up to you every minute and telling you how great you are. Like, before George Lucas did the prequels, you got to imagine that's just George Lucas's entire life is just, yeah, I know, I know, calm down. Cal I know, I know I created Star Wars. It's okay. Okay, now calm down. Calm down. Okay, great. Hi, yes, hi, yeah. Hail me. Yes, okay, great. Great, yes, calm down. So anyway, the idea I had was of uh, Hitler's brother... And what that life must be like. Um, so it, uh, I, I don't know. I didn't write this down. Maybe I should. I probably should have written this down. But uh, anyway, I just thought it would be funny to, uh, you know, 
just have a you know the conference room full of Hitler's advisors, and you know the door opens, Hitler comes in, and it's just Heil Hitler. Well, thank you. It's just um, thank you, everybody. It's so nice to be here. Uh, not not you, Chuck. We were talking about Adolf. He just cruised in, and he's like, well, no, it's I. You know, because my name is Hitler, too. And so, you know, you say, I mean, it was unspecified which Hitler you were hiring. And I just thought, well, oh, so nice. You know, I, I just wonder, you know, I feel like my work is underappreciated here. So, you know. Yeah, okay, Chuck, I get it. Um, you, you know, it's not like we don't appreciate the uh, costume design. That you're, it's uniform management. It's just... Um, you know, it's important that the boots match the pants. And, uh, yeah, um, right, I know, that's great. Um, you know, in fact, um, I could do some design work, too. You know, no, 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 you don't understand. We See, we've got Hugo Boss, like, one of, trust me, this kid is amazing, and he's going to um, really uh, do some great things in the design world, so don't worry, just, you know, keep on making sure um, my spats uh, match my Iron Cross, okay? Well, you know, I just, it's, it's okay, you know, I just have other abilities, and I just feel like, you know... They're just being wasted here, so, you know, I just thought, listen, <laughs> Chuck, uh, gosh, we're awful busy here, you know, we're planning this war thing, and, um, look, I tell you, Chuck, uh, we, if you could just... No, no, it's fine, I just, okay, you know, I just, look, I tell you what, um... I've got some, um, I'm thinking about some new colors, you know, it's like, sure, black, white, red, yeah, it's cool, yeah, it's good, yeah, but, you know, I'm thinking maybe Paisley, yeah, maybe a little rework on the whole swastika thing, yeah? <clears throat> okay, Chuck, sure, I'll tell you what, put some drawings together, come back, let me know, you know, what you got, just maybe give it, you know, give us a week. Because this is a lot to take in. Oh, you'll be so happy. Hi, Hitler. Oh, thank you, everyone. No. Okay. Sure, Chuck. How are you too? Yeah, thank you. Anyway, let's get to the music. So this band is called Suicide. Uh, they are another one from the uh, old days of the recording studio. And uh, they were... As memory serves a three-piece band, um, I had two, only two shitty metal bands in the, I don't know, year or two that I ran the recording studio. Uh, and these guys, I think the original name was like Birth Defect or Abortion or something, but that name was taken by somebody else, so they were just like, oh, shoot. So they went with Suicide instead. And boy... The audio quality on this is quite terrible. And I don't know if it was always this bad or it was because, you know, the tape machine that I'm using to now digitize this is old and dirty and I've tried cleaning it and I don't know. I don't know what's wrong about it. I can't believe this was how it sounded originally because it's so bad. But anyway, that's enjoy this awful thing in the background. Um, I, I think the reason I wanted to do this is because I, 
I was just screaming about this last night. Like, when you're in school and they're teaching you how to do stuff, it's like, okay, well, these are the ideal conditions, and oh my gosh, tape just sounds so much warmer than digital. You want to use tape if you can, and it's just like, no, no. Um, the the situation you're describing is again sort of the one percent of professional recording engineers who get to work with super talented musicians that have record deals and know what the hell they're doing, as opposed to uh, a bunch of seventeen-year-old fuck-ups who pay you ten dollars an hour to do this nonsense. The other interesting thing about this band is. They actually have, so there's three songs on this, and they actually have a song that's good. But what's funny is they try and do like a faster thing. They should really sort of stick to like cool like riffs, like this. But the problem is, is they try to go fast. They try to play like speed metal, and it sounds like someone has taken all of their equipment and thrown it down the stairs. Because it's all out of beat and out of rhythm, and nothing syncs up, and it's just. Anyway, enjoy yourself some suicide. And I mean that strictly musically. Oh, so the other. So the first big thing that happened was, um, as you know, as you heard me talk about, the batting cages that I go to um, at Malibu Grand Prix in Redwood City uh, has closed. Um, as far as I know, I haven't been by in a while, but I believe it is the entire facility is gone, right? So the, the cars, the batting cages, the putt-putt golf, the mini golf, the everything. It's just too expensive to run, the land is too valuable, and they just weren't making money. So they folded up shop, and, and that is no more after 35 years in Redwood City. Um, you know, this is sort of the tragedy of living here, is that the land is just too valuable. So you can't have things like this, because, you know, a dot-com or, you know, or software company would gladly pay twice what Malibu Grand Prix is going to pay for that. I mean, you look at, um, oh, those people that make, um, those Shrek movies. They're over in Redwood City. You know, maybe they'd like to have uh, their offices right off of 84. I don't know. Uh, but there's all, there's, you know, every office building is full of somebody who's got some office doing something that will make way more money for them. And it sucks, because then that means you have to drive to, like, Vacaville. <laughs> That's the other funny thing about this band, Suicide, is they were all 17, and they all talked... I mean, it was all affected, right? Like, it, they talked like this, like, what's going on right now? You can actually hear, uh, hopefully... Yeah, see, this is where the equipment goes tumbling down the stairs. It's all just a big train wreck. Anyway, so, um, so anyway, that just sucks. So that means you gotta go to Vacaville if you wanna, you know, race cars or anything like that. So, uh, sad to see you go. I, I did go to the batting cages one last time, and I got to hit some balls, and it was great. Um, oh my god, though. <laughs> so I went, before I went to the batting cages, I was like, oh, I'll go race cars one more time. So, the track 
is rather small. You know, the area where the track is, and it's got lots of twists and turns in it in order to um, you know, maximize the amount of track that they have in this small space. So there's not a big, you know, a lot of big straightaways. And the, so when I was there, I was like, well, which, they sell the laps in sort of packages. So I was like, well, the 10 lap package is gonna be way too much. The six lap package, you know, I, I was thinking about the three lap package and I'm like, nope, damn it, this is the last time I'm gonna do the six. So uh, six lap package, uh, I was like, okay, let's just do it. You know, don't be a pussy. Come on, man. Six lap package. The money wasn't the issue. It was just like, eh, I don't know. Um, so I did the first lap and I had that thought of like, oh, why, why haven't I been doing this every weekend? This is so much fun. By about the fifth lap, I was getting pretty green. I was motion sick. I was, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take this lap, this last lap, real super easy. I'm just going to, you know, this is going to, I want to soak it all in. I want to take time. I got halfway around the track and thank God they make those seat belts easy to get off. They're like, um, you know, just like if you were uh, an airplane pilot or something, because there's the shoulder harness and the belt and the whole thing, but it all latches into one central thing where you just pull open like an airplane seat and I just jumped out of that car. I pulled it into the dirt, I jumped out of the car and vomited my brains out. Like from the soles of my feet, everything came out. And I'm just, just as I get done barfing, the dude comes running over to me and he's like, hey man, we told you to stay in the car if anything happens. And I'm getting back in the car and I'm like, yeah, well, I felt a little bit nauseous. And I point over to the vomit just all over in the dirt. And the guy just starts laughing. And I'm just like, yeah, I did you a favor by getting out of the car. Yeah, this is never any part of the safety briefing, which is, hey, if you think you're gonna puke, do X, Y, and Z. No, but hey, they don't have to worry about that anymore, now do they? Oh my God, so um, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you've already heard this story, but uh, we had a company-wide conference call the other day, and um, I it was, early for me, but only by, you know, 15, 20 minutes, whatever. Um, but apparently it was really early or really late for someone because all the way through the conference call, uh, a dude was snoring, just full on snoring. And it was weird how, how some people didn't notice, like they didn't, they were unclear as to what was going on. But, you know, I listen to the Howard Stern show and he leaves people on who snore all the time and I knew exactly what was going on. So, um, this guy, so one of our VPs um, leans over to the, to the, to the speakerphone and says, um, if, if you're, um, you know, on the line, please mute your phone. And I said back to them, can't mute it if you're asleep. And 
that got a laugh, and which is always great. Um, but really, that was the truth. I mean, the dude was asleep. Um, so somebody, and oh, the other thing that was so great about this perfect storm was it was a new conference calling system. So nobody knew any of the keys to do anything. So finally, this guy pull, finds the cheat sheet for it. Oh, and then here's the end. This is uh, the end of one of the takes. This is the great thing about tape is that if you play the song a little sec- a little faster on take two, you'll get the end of one of the previous takes. I was kind of fucked up because my strap broke like in the beginning. Yeah, goofy 17-year-olds. Nice. Uh, but of course, the take that we do have isn't the one where his strap broke because that's left over from the other take. Anyway. So... Um, Eventually, somebody got the cheat sheet out and figured out how to mute all the lines. And I think this is, again, another part of another take. Oh, my God. Okay, so two movies that I've seen recently. uh, One being the Sean Connery cult classic Zardoz, uh, in which... Uh, Sean Connery runs around with a ponytail and um, uh, underpants for like forever. Okay. Oh, and and we're gonna transition out of the metal now. And I wanted to bring back two songs um, that uh, I played last time. Um, that after I played them, I had forgotten how much I liked them. And so uh, here's the Aaron Sprinkle and Alec Vega songs again from last time's podcast because I thought they deserved another shot. Okay. Oh, so Zardoz, right. Um, So he... The whole movie is just painfully 70s. Um, it's super, super low budget. Um, all you know, they all the things that they thought were scary, like oh, let's project you know an eyeball on the wall, or let's you know let's project jellyfish. That will be freaky. That'll get you weird. And it's like no. I mean, maybe it was you know, 30, 40 years ago, but not, no, not now. Uh, but it is funny how, how just rooted in the seventies it is. The other thing about that movie, speaking of seventies, which is a thing that I wish we would still do is there is a ton of nudity in that movie. Now, mind you, they're all ugly. I mean, it's the seventies. Nobody was attractive, but yet the nudity in the 70s, even the biggest of films, Academy Award-nominated films, nom-awaited, um, like, you know, um, A Clockwork Orange has a ton of nudity. Even Logan's Run, like this movie that does not need any nudity in it at all. They were just like, hey man, he, he you, you can order up a chick on, on the internet, well, their version of the internet, why wouldn't she be naked, right? You know, why would you order a chick that's got clothes on? That's stupid. So in Logan's Run, that's exactly what he does. So um, I do not recommend Zardoz. Zardoz is um, very silly. Um, but it's it, it was, you know, one of those ones, it was one of those cult movies that everybody's like, oh, you don't know this movie? Oh, you've got to see this movie. Super cool. 
So the movie I did see that you should see is uh, The Adventures of Tintin. Uh, it's an animated, you know, CG movie um, that I, I just thought is so amazing. Uh, I mean, visually stunning. The 3D is great. Just the way that they, you know, move the camera and take advantage of the fact that it's all computer generated. And they choose these just wild single tracking shot that you would never ever do in a million years if it was not CG. Uh, and the story is interesting and, and the acting is great and I, I just can't say enough things about it. I didn't want to see this movie. Um, I even, we have, even have a friend who worked on it and I was like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't care about some dumb French comic book because that's what it's based on. Uh, and then I heard a couple other people say it was good. So yeah, I'm saying it's good. Go check it out. The Adventures of Tintin. All right, so uh, a couple of bummers uh, in, in, in my world. Um, so one is that we had some layoffs at work. And the deal is is that they've where I work, it's five, maybe six different divisions that have been acquired over the years. And just now they've decided, uh, because we had a, sh a change in CEO, uh, the new CEO is like, we are gonna be a lean ship and we are going to take all of these different divisions and we're gonna make them one division, right? Because why not? You know, why do we need 10 different accounting departments? Why do we need so many different people who do almost the same thing, you know, doing it in you know, high, you know, duplicate jobs and all of that. And of course, the number one and the easiest one to do is consolidate sales. Because wouldn't it be nice if you just had one sales department that could sell every single aspect of your company, right? Your, all the different divisions, you know, if there was a, a thing, a tool that you needed that one of the other divisions had, don't go to another salesperson, just sell it yourself, why not? And yet again, just like that time we got all laid off from Macy's, I can't really fault them, you know? I mean, it all makes sense, and this company wants to stay around, so why not do it, you know? But on the other hand, it kind of sucks, because right now, you know, they just laid off two sales guys, and they are taking a real hard look at all the jobs and they're very reluctant to hire people as they quit. Oh, and they've been quitting a lot too. Uh, our, our company's always had a real high turnover. Uh, my little group of four is now down to two. So um, I can't, again, I can't blame the people who quit because it's a stressful, messed up environment that I am trying to get out of as well. Uh, oh, by the way, that was a weird thing. So I updated my resume and I put it on Monster and I was like, hey, I'm available. Yeah, well, guess who found that? Uh, the recruiter who hired me originally. Uh, I don't know what she was doing. I don't know why she was looking for more Flash people. Who knows? Maybe she's just got something that searches for the company name and it just like if she gets anything back, it's like, uh oh, still working there, huh? Uh, I don't know what that's about. Um, oh, so the deal with the layoff was, of course, uh, one of the guys was in our office. So we have lots of offices all over the place. So 
uh, one of our guys. Um, so he went into the kitchen and he took his soy milk with him. And it's like, really? You're gonna take that home? You're gonna take a dollar and a half worth of soy milk home with you? And it's, you know, I have no idea if it's just like, he goes into panic mode or it's like, I've gotta conserve everything or fuck those guys, they're not gonna take much. I paid for that soy milk. Like, I don't know what that is. And it was super extra sad because of course, that his, that kind of container that he had really doesn't travel well. So he came in, this is crazy, he came in with packing tape and like tried to seal the top of, of the soy milk so it wouldn't leak in his travels. And I'm like, fucking just leave it, dude. I know this sucks, but just leave it. Of course, I didn't say anything. I was just like, all right, good, good, good on you, dude. So, oh, yeah, and another sad thing. I don't know if it's sad, but um, I, you know, last week or last time I screamed about how, oh, I'm not quitting doing fan art. Fuck all y'all and like looking down on us fan fiction fan art people. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving up. <laughs> um, the reason why is, um, I, you know, I, I spent a lot of time on um, my latest Bioshock Infinite fan art. I posted it to the Irrational Games site and like, they didn't give a shit. Like normally they'll, they'll do something that's like, hey, here's the latest fan art roundup. But, you know, I, I didn't make the cut and, and I looked at it and I was like, yep, that's, you know, and especially because like the next day somebody posted something that was really excellent and they got, you know, Highlighted, and I was like, oh, right, yeah, no, I suck. Uh, okay, great. And it was, you know, back in the days when I was doing this for um, uh, Smodcast, Kevin Smith's podcast, it was, there was no filter, right? Like, if you wanted to do something, and you wanted to throw it up there, and, and all you really wanted was just somebody to write, ha, 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 love it, man, which invariably somebody always did, or somebody wrote like, oh my God, I can't believe how talented everybody is, you know, all that stuff. They were just the nicest, warmest bunch of people, but there was no gatekeeper. It was just, you wanted to do it, do it, throw it up there, good times. Uh, and now, you know, now that the, the uh, message board for Smart is gone, um, there's just, you know, Everything else is filtered, and and I guess I could do it for something like how did this get made or something like that. The problem is also too that you know if I'm gonna do this for podcasts, I I, I don't listen to anything even close to when it's released. So every, everything I do is gonna be you know two months after the fact, and you know it's just like everybody's gonna be like what I don't even remember what that is anymore. So it, it doesn't make sense. So. I'm giving up. I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I've got a, a couple of unfinished projects that that was sort of my New Year's resolution to finally fix and do. And um, so I'm going to do that. And then God knows what else. Well, I'm going to keep doing this podcast. Um, oh, so one of the other. Oh, this is Jellyfish, by the way, off the uh, Belly Button album. Um, the other idea I had, I was, oh, I was at work the other day and uh we were bemoaning the fact that as dudes, we're just old. Like, we just think of ourselves as like, you know, young toughs, you know, like doing all the crazy shit that we did when we were kids. And then we just realized, oh no, 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 <laughs> we're just old. Yeah, 
Uh, and that's the way everybody else sees us as just old. And I thought, you know, we all know that there are shitty double standards between men and women. But well, let me just give you an example. So when I was in Vegas, um, if you go back and listen to the Vegas episode of this podcast, um, there is a point at which um, there was three cougars and... You know, they had had a little bit of plastic surgery. They were older. One of them had big fake tits. And they were just by themselves. And one 20-something guy after another would go up and try and fuck them. And, you know, peel them away from the pack. And then they would invariably leave because they realized they weren't getting anywhere. But goddamn, man, can you imagine that? Like, being a dude maybe in your 50s, just hanging out with your buddies and some... 20-something-year-old girl, not half bad looking, because none of these guys were bad looking, just wants to come up and be like, hey, I'll fuck one of you dudes, you know? And it's just like, that would be mind-blowing, right? Like, that would be the greatest thing ever. You're in Vegas, and some 20-something-year-old, some girl half your age wants to fuck you, and you're just this old dude. Oh, my God. That is the, that is the biggest crime right there. That is the greatest injustice of all of them, of all the double standards. The other one that I, I really uh, pissed me off too was the um, the the premature orgasm, dude. I would love it if any woman had a premature orgasm. I that would just be the greatest because men's self-esteem is all wrapped up in pleasing a woman, and if you could just be like, oh, I you know. I take off my shirt and you just like lose your shit. Oh my God, that would be great. So unfair, this world. Okay, so uh, another thing that happened was uh, my parents celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. And to do that, they took uh, the, that wife of mine and our niece to Hawaii. Uh, they were going to take my sister and um, my sister... Uh, they have a bit of a feud going. Um, my sister believes, and probably rightly so, that uh, my mother does not approve of uh, my sister living with her longtime boyfriend and not being married. And um, they were not interested in paying for the boyfriend to come along. And he's a nice enough guy. He's a little weird, but you know, look, I'm weird. We're all weird. Whatever. Um, so, ooh, David and David, welcome to the Boomtown. Yeah, this is this whole album, by the way, is really good driving album. Kind of just hangs out in the background, but it's still catchy and good. So, uh, anyway, it's, I got this probably, you know, in some bargain bin for a dollar. This was the only hit, by the way. Um, so, so the my sister did not go, which seems a little, you know. I mean, is really the 50th wedding anniversary the place that you want to make the stand? It's like, can't you just lighten up? But then again, I'm kind of glad she didn't go because I realized a few things on this trip. Um, I realized that my, even with my parent, even without my sister there, because my sister's a little explosive, I think even without her there, my parents are drama queens. And that's a crazy thing to realize about your parents is they love drama. 
And it's odd, too, because both of them are the opposite of each other. So uh, my dad overdramatizes bad things. Like, anything that goes wrong is now, like, the world is falling apart. He's all chicken little. And my mom is all just explosively happy about anything that's happy. And it's like... Just calm down. Everybody, just calm the fuck down, all right? We're supposed to be having fun. We're supposed to be having a good time. Just everybody relax. But they can't. They're all wound up about everything all the time. Um, so, so I, of course, realize this now about myself. Like, anytime I have an appointment... That's all I can think about is the appointment. Is, is, is it coming up? How much time do I have? I have other things I want to get done. Can I, can I do it before the appointment? It's like, it's so maddening just being this stress ball. And, um, you know, Hawaii was beautiful. Uh, you know, just go, right? You know, you can pick, uh, I would say the only island I would say don't go to is the big island um, just because... Uh, it's not that interesting. All the other islands are more beautiful and, and have more to do on them. Uh, and the beaches on the big islands suck. So don't go to the big island. But go to Hawaii. It's a lot of fun. And it's, you know, you can find some deals. Just go have fun. He always listens to the grand. Always listens to the grand. Okay. So... Um, the last thing, uh, is that, uh, now this is the part where it gets really weird because, um, that wife of mine doesn't listen to this podcast and, you know, I never, I've never tried to get her to listen to it. I just always tell her like, Hey, you know, it's just everything that we talk about. I'm talking about on the podcast. So I'm pretty sure she's not going to listen to it, but she doesn't listen to podcasts anyway. So it's not like, Oh, you know, uh, so, um, I have, again, being a flair for the dramatic, I have this vision for this podcast, which is that someone will, uh, listen to it because it is serialized in a way. Um, the things I talk about, they do evolve over time. You know, there was that whole thing where I, I you know, I was discovering that I had asthma, all that stuff. So my fantasy, of course, is that someone will listen to this all in order, starting at episode Vegas, because it's not that good. That's where I, where I feel like I figured it out. Um, but I guess if you want to hear, if you want to hear the whole story of it all, I guess you can start from the beginning. Although in the beginning, I wasn't really doing what. Here's what's going on in my life. It was more like topic driven. But anyway, this is all a very long story to get to the point of. Um, so, when, uh, many, many years ago, uh, Miriam said, uh, I want to have kids. And I said, I do not. And, uh, we went around for that for a while. And then one day she came home and said, I'm okay not having kids. And I said, okay. Uh, that's great. Uh, I tried not to be too excited about it, even though I was super excited about it. Because the urge to have kids is uh, non-rational, right? There's no 
Like, if you explained, like, well, this is what it's like to have a kid, and then you list everything that happens in it, um, there's, that's not an attractive proposition, you know, you, well, you get no free time and, uh, you have to get up whenever it gets up. And then if you want to do anything, then you've got to make sure somebody there's to watch it. And, you know, it's like having a dog times 20, you know, whereas a dog, you can leave the house, you can leave the dog alone for several hours. No, you gotta take that kid with you. So we, there is a child that we know of um, that will probably be going up for adoption in a few months. And she informed me that she wants to adopt it. And I am... haven't changed. You know, and it's not... It's not... uh, This is going to be the hard part, right? Because we haven't really talked about it. All All I've said at this point is... We need to go to marriage counseling and figure this out. Um, Even if I did, and I probably will wind up giving up and just saying, okay, there's so many other things that need to be figured out, and I don't want to do that without a referee. I want somebody there to be like, yes, he is not a crazy person. That seems reasonable. How do you feel? Or, hey, who knows? Maybe, Maybe they'll call me crazy. I don't know. So... I am not looking forward to this because I don't have that gene, right? Like, that's the way I look at wanting to have a kid. You either have the gene or you don't. And um, I feel like not only do I not have the gene, I have the repulsor gene, right? Like, not only do I not have the, I want that, I, I, I seem to be the other way just as much as she wants it I don't want it and uh, that's even worse that's like way worse like if, if I was a dude and I was just like eh I could go either way you know that'd be fine it'd kind of be lame but you know it'd be better than me going like just fucking dreading this whole experience because I like my life I, I mean as much as I complain about it and as and as and as much as I'm disappointed by myself and my own lack of achievements and how I don't really feel like I have any free time as it is and I'm and I'm just dreading my job and just I just fucking hate the whole thing and I just can't wait to retire. My job my life's not that bad, but I like that. I like what little free time I have, and I am not interested in giving that to anyone else. Uh, So, I say this all because I think this is a really interesting saga. And if I do wind up doing this, I need to find a way to make this interesting for me. And so whether that's talking about it on the podcast or, I don't know, doing my own version of convos with my two-year-old like that guy does on YouTube or whatever I wind up doing, somehow I'm going to have to make this interesting because the sacrifice is going to be pretty substantial no matter what happens. I will say, just to... I'd hate to leave this without... A hint of foreshadowing. And again, this is me being overly dramatic, and I realize that. Uh, 
But I think that she has this fantasy of me coming around and changing my mind, not only to the point of saying, yes, let's do this. I think she has this fantasy of like, I'm totally going to be on board and I'm going to be there, you know, 100% of the time. And where I'm coming from is, no, this is your idea. This is something you want to do. You are the one who's going to be having to give up the lion's share of all of this. Oh, by the way, musically, I just wanted some mellow music in the background. So I just went in through my folder and picked some stuff up. <laughs> Sorry to ruin a dramatic moment by being Mr. DJ there. So, as much as, um, you know, this fight over children has split up and can split up couples... I feel like the not being on board with it could be just as destructive. You know, if you're doing a thing and the other person in your team is like, fuck that. <laughs> and you're like, you know, it would be like you're drowning and no one's going to throw you a life preserver. Um, and it's like. Listen, man, you were the one who wanted to go swimming. I told you not to go swimming. I told you it'd be a lot of work. And then they're like, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know. I need a life preserver. I need one right now or I'm going to drown. And you're like, no, sir. <laughs> yeah, um, I, that could split up a relationship. Definitely. Uh, so um, I think ultimately, you know, that, and that's sort of the problem, right, with all of this is that I'm trying to examine my life and how it will be, you know, in all the different scenarios. And I know this is sort of super mechanical and odd to, like, look at all of this, but it's, only, it's the only thing I got. Uh, but, you know, in, in just imagining these scenarios and how they'll play out, it's just sort of like, well, I see you leaving me uh, if I don't want to do this, I see you leaving me um, because I'm not in it 100%. And I see me leaving you because um, this fucking sucks. Uh, you know, and it's... Um, oh, and, okay, so um, get this. Uh, imagine there's a, a health issue that has come up as well. And can you imagine if she something happens to her and now we've got this dumb kid that I don't want and now I have to raise it or pass it off to somebody else or whatever good lord that's like I mean I realize that's like a nightmare proposition but god damn it man if like I could just see the the universe and it's infinitely shitty sense of humor trying to pull some bullshit like that on me I'm gonna deviate from the pattern of the show and I'm gonna bring in um, a, a very popular song um, that doesn't make any sense as we close today's show. Um, I I have always loved this song, and um, it's I don't know why I, I it hit me like the whole idea. So the, the song is called "Take Me Home" by Phil Collins. And it, I was listening to it somewhere, like the grocery store or the gym or something. It just came on over the system. And it's something about the lyrics 
or the idea of going home or all of that just gets to me. And I don't know why. And maybe as we listen to it, as we go out today, um, it will make sense to someone. <laughs> okay. So from me, for the inescapable fate of destiny, to the music of Bright Brown and Phil Collins, let's do this one more time. Till then!